0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May podcast. This is a special Tim May podcast. I know I say they all are, but this this one is special. I've been wanting to catch up with a young man by the name of Greg Madison, former Ohio State assistant coach. He retired at the end of this of this past season. Uh, is now uh, at seventy one years old is is now solidly in retirement and. You know, he kind of slipped out the back door on most of us in the media. Uh, We didn't get really a chance to talk to him for all kinds of reasons, one of which is, of course, the continuing COVID-19 challenge. But uh, I was not going to let him just uh, go uh, peacefully into that good night. I wanted to have him on my podcast to talk about a half century of coaching football, the first five of which were spent as a head coach in high school, and the next next 40 – the next forty-five or so were spent uh, mainly in college football, but he had that little little stint with the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. This guy has seen more football than uh, than Fielding H. A- Fielding H. Yost or uh, Woody Hayes, or whomever. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, he he coached, you know, he coached on both sides of the greatest rivalry in sport, uh, the game, Ohio State and Michigan. And uh, and it's funny he's he's retired. As he'll tell you uh, deep into this podcast. He's retired as a Buckeye. He is a Buckeye for life. He super enjoyed his last two years as an assistant coach uh, on the defensive side of the ball, co-defensive coordinator, uh, working, uh, working under Ryan Day. And, uh, you know, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Greg Madison. And as promised, ladies and gentlemen, not just a special guest, a ridiculously special guest joins the Tim May podcast this week, uh, Greg Madison, welcome to the Tim May podcast, my man.
1: Thanks, Tim. Thank you.
0: And uh, welcome into retirement, man. I retired a couple of years ago. I'm still, I call it semi-retirement because I'm still doing things like this. But uh, there's nothing like not having to get up as early in the morning as you used to, right? Well, I, you know, it, it was a big decision.
1: And, and after 50 years of coaching football, yeah. Uh, I just, I just talked to my wife about it, and, and I just felt like it's very important to be able to spend time with the grandkids. And my son has four grandkids, uh, and my daughter has two. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, when you're in football, you, you or your time is consumed, you, you don't have time. And, and, uh, you know, there's that gray area where sometimes if the kids are old enough, they can be there. Like I remember when I was coaching at Notre Dame, my son was there practicing with us, running with us. Well, these grandkids are too small yet. And, uh, in fact, a, a, a real interesting thing for the semifinals in a national championship this year, my son brought uh his family and my daughter brought their family knowing that this would probably be the last time they'd see me coach. And uh wow. it, it really makes it special.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, man, you know, uh the homage I have behind me, if you can see it on the screen there is my uh my two-year, three-month-old grandson Owen, Owen Timothy. Uh-huh. They named they named the middle name after me, thank goodness. I'm glad they didn't give him my, my real first name, which will go is uh, a secret, but uh but you know it's funny how much more time I'm getting to spend with my grandson than I spent with my my two sons and daughter when they were growing up when I was covering football. Because I always like to say whenever y'all's job got over, we were writing, you know, so it was not that we were doing anywhere near the work you guys were doing, but uh, it is – man, you don't want to miss out on these years, right, if you can help it, right?
1: That's right. You definitely don't.
0: Hey, uh, when, it, when it finally came that moment when you walked into Ryan Day and said, Ryan, you know, uh, it's been quite a ride, but uh, – this is the moment uh, I'm sure it was like tugging at you on the, uh, in the guts, right? But at the same time, it felt right, right?
1: Oh, it, it definitely felt right. And the one thing um, – the thing that made it hard is that that Ryan is such a great coach and Ryan is such a great person. And I've known Ryan a long time, and, and then to be here these two years with him uh, – it just reinforced everything I've always believed about him and and the program is headed in such a special way i mean it's 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 exciting every day and and just to give you an example, I've tried to stay away uh, and and I've had a I've had a number another thing that kind of made it easier to retire this year is I had a number of medical things that came up and and I I just wanted to get those taken care of you know what happens when you get old like yeah. me you know it, you know it's uh, it, it all hits you. I tease everybody I'm like an old pickup truck you know that they got to paint it up and try to get it ready for the show well I had a lot of things I had to get fixed on that truck that I yeah. didn't know about you know yeah. but uh, you know I just think the program, at Ohio State with Ryan Day's leadership and with Mickey Marotti. I mean they're, they're, those those two things lead your team so much and he hired such a great staff of guys that that are unselfish that care about the program. And you can see that on how they recruit. You can see that on how the kids develop. And uh, so that probably made it harder than anything, knowing that there's some great, great things ahead.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, man, uh, you're, you're exactly right. I can see exactly what you're talking about. I wanted to ask you this, you know, uh, uh, just just immediately before we move into a little bit more about you and your background, and actually a lot more, because I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. Uh, I'm 67. I'm glad to be talking to somebody older than me, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> uh, old, old daddy. Now, by the way, old, old-time pickup trucks, you get a new carburetor in them and uh, some new tires and a new differential, maybe. Those things can run another 100 years. You know that, right? Well, that's what I, I tease
1: my my kids, my my son and my daughter, uh, every time I'd have something. And I tell you, the other thing, the medical staff at Ohio State University yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, I had I, I don't want to go into it, but I had a lot of different things, and some of them were kind of serious, and uh, they were unbelievable. They and if they treat everybody that way, it, it, I mean this Ohio State Medical Staff is second to none.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's one reason that's one of the reasons Jim Mort Jim borchers for example, was the head of the Big Ten group yes. that was uh dealing with the COVID-19 challenges and he did a hell of a job, you know, and uh, yep. I know you know all about that, but uh real quick, what, what are you leaving behind? I'm talking about from a personnel standpoint before we jump into anything. A lot of people, you know, A lot of people like to remember the bad more than the good. Sometimes they remember that Alabama game. That was a, I you know I keep calling it a not a a once in a once in a decade kind of offense that Alabama had that could hit you on all fronts and stuff. But uh, uh, what 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 makes you think the Ohio State defense is going to bounce back this coming year? in terms of like a little more dominance, if that, in fact, that's the right word, actually just got to get better on pass defense. But uh, what are you excited about, uh, about the people you're leaving behind there?
1: Well, I I think first of all, there, there's some great talent. That's for sure. There, there's some, like people always talk about the linebacker group that the four great linebackers and I want, you know, that might be in all my years, the best four linebackers I've ever had the opportunity to be around. And, 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 and you're going to see it as this draft happens. And it may not be, it may not be that where are they go in a draft, but just kids watch over the next four or five years in and, and I'll put it in paper. Those guys will be playing. And that, that you know, they they are smart. They are they're great players, great people. I mean, and that's the thing that Ohio state probably brings more than anything. And that's why you're excited about what's coming is the, the character of the players. And, and that's goes back to Ryan and Mickey again. I mean, the players in this program, you're going to have great character. And uh, you know, they're uh, when you have that along with great recruiting, it's just developing them. And then that goes to the coaches. So it goes right down the line. And that's why you asked the question, why are you so excited about it? Well, that, they all fall in place. Yeah. Uh, the backup group of linebackers. I mean, there's some great young. I'm not going to mention names, but there's some great young kids. And then there's that group that's just been waiting to play. Yeah. And you've seen it uh, all your years when that when that guy gets his chance, everybody goes, where's he been? Yeah, You know, and, uh, and then behind them are some unbelievably, uh, Al Washington did a great job of recruiting, uh, some young linebackers and there's a good group of backers coming in there up front. You know, Larry always does a phenomenal job. You know, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to say it, that, that front coming up this year might be better than last year's front. Wow. Uh, it, the, 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 ends, I'm going to tell you what, those defensive ends now uh, they're too deep of guys that can go get it. And, uh, and inside you're going to see some, you know, that we, people don't realize that hurt us in that last game, yeah. losing two inside players. You know, it does. I don't care what you say when you're playing a game against great talent, one player makes a difference. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we lost two inside there that, that really hurt us. And I think, but I think, I mean, all you gotta do is see the job that Larry's done. They're going to be really, really good. The secondary, it's going to be better. Uh, you Know, Kerry's done a great job as far as uh uh coordinating the defense now, and and what happens now is, is with Matt Barnes moving over there to be able to help him coach it, it just makes it so much better. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for great things there. Hey, real quick,
0: uh, Parker Fleming, you were you you were around him, knew him, and yes. stuff. Well, what, what, it. it is is that a is that a good move by Ryan really elevating good. him? And really. Explain why.
1: why? Really. Parker, Parker has been well, first of all, I'm gonna go back even farther. Um, having been at Florida with Urban Meyer, I'm gonna tell you one thing. If you're gonna coach for him, you had better be really good in the special teams. And I mean it, if you are a special teams coach, that means you are really good. And Parker was there with him. Parker was, you know, and then Parker just kept working right there. And he was under Matt and Matt Barnes did a phenomenal job with the special teams. So you got a guy that's ready to do what he's going to do.
0: Gotcha. I gotcha. Hey, let's get right into it. You and Al Washington, I don't know if y'all came as a package or if it was one, 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 and then the other, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what the fine, fine, uh, the fine print was on that deal. But when you guys made that move from Michigan uh, or as you call it now, the team up north, <laughs> when y'all made that move from Michigan to Ohio State to join Ryan Day's staff in 2019, was what did that feel like just in your gut? I mean, because you knew you knew what was up, man. You know, you'd been you'd, you had had two stints at Michigan, uh, some great stints at Michigan as an assistant coach, but you knew what the rivalry was all about, etc., you knew the waves it was going to make. Uh, you know, at least among us, the media, when we run out of stuff to talk about. uh, But what was that like for you to know, knowing you were making that kind of move and that kind of rivalry?
1: Well, it was obviously a very tough move. I mean, it was a very, uh, a move I did a lot of thinking about, but, um, and the thing, the the main reason is I've coordinated for a long time and uh, I wanted to coordinate again and to, and, Ryan offered me the opportunity to coordinate and to coordinate at Ohio State. Now, that's that's as big as it gets. And uh, and I knew the staff I was coming in with and with Al coming. And I knew a bunch of the guys that were already on the staff. Um, and again, I keep saying it: people don't realize Mickey Marathi yeah. being on the staff that you join. It gives you a real confidence because he's with these guys more than you are. And when a guy that good is training your players, then the move, if everything fits like it did for me. And then, and I guess the final thing would be Ryan you know, knowing it was Ryan Day. And uh, so that it was – I knew what was going to happen. I knew all that kind of thing. But, you know what, it happens all the time in life. And you got to look – you have to look what's best for your family and what's best for you, and that's what I did.
0: I was going to say, man, uh, you've got that Ohio State – you're rocking that Ohio State uh, jersey uh, here on this podcast and that Ohio State cap. Uh, As you exit exit coaching uh, in college football – are you an Ohio State guy finally at the end? I mean, how would you describe it to
1: people? 100%. 100%. In fact, uh, we have a uh, the place where we're retiring, we got when I was with the Ravens, and uh, it's down right on right next to South Bend. It's, uh, it's Edwardsburg. And yeah. I have a, a flagpole, and on that flagpole, there's a huge flag that used to have the team up north on it. OK, and then underneath that is where my daughter played softball, which was Notre Dame. Yeah. And then below that, because he's younger, was where my son had a great career at Iowa playing football. So those flags are all up right now. And there is a brand new, huge Ohio State flag that will always be there.
0: Uh, uh, real quick, uh, Greg, uh, Coach Madison, you know, most people, when they say they were going to retire to the south, they don't mean south <laughs> or south bend. What's the allure? You know, I mean that's My where Coach Tressel, and his family, you know, they're the big Coach Tressel family, which I know you've you've met probably yeah. met. They always took uh, their summer vacations to South Bend area. What is it? Yeah. What's the allure there?
1: My son lives 20 miles away from uh, where we're at right there. And and really, when I was with the Ravens, you found out you had a five-week period that you had free, and everybody was gone from the office, and that's why we settled here. And my daughter lives in Ann Arbor, which is still not that far. So it was really in between, and we got to see both of them then,
0: you know. Yeah, good Good for you, man. Good. As I always like to say, I had a a good friend, uh, Ray Stein is retiring from the Columbus dispatch right now. And I just told him good for you for getting to that moment, you know, to pull the trigger. I mean, you know, Joe Paterno, uh, you know, Jim Trussell, I talked about him quite a few times and just about, he maybe hung on, he hung on so long that all he could do at the end was sort of coach. You know what I mean? He, he missed out being able to play with his grandkids and, and stuff. And, uh, I just say good for you for doing it. Uh, and I know you feel good about it. I want to get into this. Your first what five years as a coach? You, you graduate from Wisconsin La, Wisconsin lacrosse. Uh, you're you're a native of Madison, uh, and your first career, your first move as a coach. I think you became a head coach, right? A small school in Wisconsin, correct? Yeah, I was uh, small uh, high school.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh... Uh, I went to La Crosse State University and uh, I signed a free agency to try out with the Washington Redskins. And I always said to myself, I wasn't going to be one of those guys that once you didn't make it, if you didn't make it. And back then there was a lot of draft choices, you know, it wasn't like it is now. And uh, if you didn't make it, I wasn't going to go from place to place. I was going to go into coaching. And uh, so I, I made it to the last cut with the Redskins, but then I got cut and um, I uh, got, was headed back home to Wisconsin and my college coach called me and he said, do you wanna coach? And I said, yes. And he said, well, there's a high school job a uh, hour south of you. And so I got in my car, I drove down and, uh, and this is a true story. I, I met with the principal And I'm 21 or 22 years old at this time. And the principal says, I want to hire you. And I said, great. What am I coaching? And he said, you're the head coach. (laughs) And I said to him, no, I'm not. And he goes, Yes, you are. And we're arguing back and forth. And I said, I- I'm not, I've never played defense. I was an offensive lineman. I said, I've not played defense. I've not been a quarterback. I've not been a running back. He goes, you're exactly what we want. Well, this team had 23 players out for football and they had won three games in eight years. Wow. And our first year we won four games. And uh, I actually was recruiting. It was a rural town. And I actually went from farm to farm where there were young men and told them I would bale hay for them if they would let their son come and play football. And uh, and then I was there three years, and then I went uh, back up to lacrosse Crosse, and uh, they had had a good tradition, and we won the, the, the state, and uh, then I went into college from
0: there. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the name of that first school? Though? I'm trying to remember the name of the town. Uh, uh, Muscaday, Wisconsin. Yeah. Riverdale,
1: Wisconsin. Riverdale, Wisconsin. Yeah, Riverdale I look...
0: I looked that up on a map one time and, uh, you know, that, you know, when you're in my, when you're in my profession, you a lot, a lot of idle time. I Googled that sucker and, uh, and, uh, boy, when you, uh, it was in the middle of nowhere. As a matter of fact, right now it still has a football field and a baseball field that are a combo. I don't know if it was like that when you were there, but, uh, but man, you just sound like Gene Hackman in Hoosiers when he's going around trying to recruit players. Remember? I've never watched that movie, but, uh, yeah, just please come out. We need a, we need a practice squad. Uh, you jumped into coaching. Did, did you jump into coaching? You went to, I think, Illinois as a graduate assistant, right? Right. And I uh, that was I was very fortunate there. Bob Blackman, uh, who was a yeah.
1: legendary coach, was the head coach. Well, he got fired. I was there for the season, and he got fired and then got the head job at Cornell in the Ivy League. Right. Well, ironically, the coach that came in was Gary Moeller, who got the head job. Lloyd Carr was an assistant of his. Bob Sutton was an assistant of his. Norm Parker was an assistant. of his. I mean, it was like a who's who in coaching. Well, wow. I, uh, Joe Novak was, uh, uh, and all these guys were head coaches. Well, I was still a graduate assistant getting my master's and um, I, I, it came time for that year to be over with. And I wanted to stay in fact Dave Adolph was with the uh, with the Bob Blackman staff and came to Ohio State from there, and he he offered me a chance then to come to Ohio State to work with the strength program, and I said no I want to coach football well. I wanted to stay at Illinois and all those guys said you can't do that. You've got to go be a full-time coach. You can't be a graduate assistant because I didn't want to leave there. They were so good and I was learning so much. Yeah. So I went with Bob Blackman for one season and then I was hired at Northwestern University uh, in the Big Ten. Now that wasn't the same Northwestern we're playing right now because our record when I was there for three years was 130 and one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and wow. almost got me out of coaching.
0: You know. I, I, I was literally going to ask you that question. And I think it was Rick Venturi. Rick Venturi was a head coach there. It's like football was an afterthought. I mean, uh, to the university and stuff that had to sour you a little bit, didn't it? I mean, well, it didn't. In fact, we were, uh, it was,
1: I think we were, that was, we were having our first child, uh, my wife and I, and I mean, I, I tell you what, I just, I just said, if this is football, I don't want to do this, yeah. you know? And, uh, and then, you know, fortunately, then I went to Western Michigan university and Jack Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh's dad was the head coach there. And, yeah. and, uh, we, we had five years there that were very good. I, 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 were some really good coaches that went through the Mike Hankowitz was there and we had some great coaches. And, uh, that was really, honestly, the only place in my whole 50 years that we got fired as a staff and I wasn't retained or didn't have a different job. I, uh, that was the first time I had to look well, luckily I went from there to the Naval Academy and, uh, with Elliot Usulak, who was, a a a Michigan up North coach. And, um, this is, this might be one of the greatest stories of all time. We're there. We had some good coaches there too. Dean Pease. We had some really good coaches and, uh, he told us he wanted our staff after the second year to go visit Texas A&M university in Colorado. They were playing good defense and he wanted us to go learn some defense, which we were all, all fine. And, uh, So we flew to Texas A&M. I mean, I'm a Yankee all the way. R.C. Slocum is the greatest guy in the world and a tremendous coach, but he is south all the way. And he didn't really believe that if you were from the north that you were going to be any good at coaching, right? Yeah. Well, we're sitting in the meeting watching film, and I always believe when you went and visited people, you, you just shut up and watch and learn. And uh, the defensive coordinator there was Bob Davey who was really did a great job. And they were the wrecking crew. They had a great defense. And uh, so there's a defensive end there by the name of Terry Price who played in the NFL and has been the defensive line coach at a and probably for 20 years. Yep. And he was a senior or going to be a senior and I'm watching him and uh, his feet aren't like I was used to having them. And, So I didn't say anything. And Bob said to me, what do you think of that end? And I said, well, he's really a good player. But I said, I think his feet are a little screwed up. Well, he just didn't say much. So he said, hey, do you want to go for a jog? I said, yeah, we went and ran around the campus. And then we left and got ready and went to Colorado. Well, we flew to Colorado that same day. And when I got to Colorado, I'm in the office and the phone rings. And they're asking for me. And I think I left my wallet or something. And they, the, uh, Tom Hayes was assistant head coach gets on the phone and he said, did you know there was a defensive line job open here? And I said, no, I said, no. I, and I named the guy as Paul Register. I remember him. I said, I thought he was just gone. And he said, well, we were really, really impressed with what you did on the board. Would you be willing to come back and meet with RC because he wasn't here? Well, I called my wife. I said, am I'm going back to Texas A&M. And I said, you know, if she's going to Texas A&M. My God, where's that? You know, <laughs> yeah. so I flew back and I got the job there. And then uh, I, that's how it all happened. Just like that. And uh, yeah. I was there three years. Uh, we had great teams. We had some really, really, uh, really good defenses. And, uh, and then uh, I got a call from, um, uh, Former former Buckeye Gary Moeller and he asked me to come up north. And uh that was back home. So we did.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh ladies and gentlemen, Texas A M is in college station. Uh and uh, I grew I grew up in a town called Lufkin, L-U-F K-I-N, yeah. which is in East Texas. And uh yeah, you know, in, in in Texas, you were either for or against the University of Texas. There was no gray area, you know. And so everybody rooted for Texas AM was this. Sort of like always perpetual underdog, sort of in that in that rivalry, you know, and uh, and stuff. And of course, then of course, you know, all things broke up. I could go into a long detailed analysis of what all went on there, but Texas AM M has not always won, but has always wanted to win. Correct?
1: Oh yeah, and the the, the three years I was there, Texas was down. And AM was really, really good. Yes. And uh, I don't know, you probably you remember, you remember Ray Mickens? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. tell you this. This is a beautiful story here now. This is so he's from El Paso, Texas. And first of all, when, when RC sent me recruiting, I was always used to seeing eight or nine schools a day. Well, he sent me to West Texas. You <laughs> couldn't get to three schools a day. You know, you're you're two hours apart at the most. Well. Yes. I go to Texas El Paso and I see this really little corner that is really good. And I get him to come for a visit. Well, in those days, you used to on the visits, you'd stand in the stadium, and the players would walk down in between the coaches and they'd have a picture of them up on the scoreboard. Well, Ray Mickens is little now. He's five foot seven. And uh I recruit him he comes down and all of a sudden i hear out of nowhere this this texas voice going gosh dang it who's recruiting him that kid's too small and i went oh no that's rc talking about ray mickens so i go to i go to bob davy i go bob you gotta look at this kid on film he is unbelievable i'm gonna get my butt fired you know and Sure enough, he's he's picked as the best player maybe I've ever come out of there. One of the yeah. best, you know. Oh, yeah. But and then and then forever, when I would see RC, he'd go, "We're a Yankee." I'll tell you what, you're not bad coach for a Yankee, <laughs> you know. It's funny.
0: I always liked RC, man, because, you know, I got to meet him a couple of times. And, uh, you know, when Ohio State played them in the 90, what was that, the 98 uh, Sugar Bowl, the 98 season Sugar Bowl, and they, you know, the when they had that win and those guys. Yeah. And, uh, that was a hell of a Texas A&M team. But uh, yeah. I remember because he used to play golf in Lufkin, RC did a few times at Crown Colony. He really liked that golf course right there in, in otherwise forgettable Lufkin, you know, which is where I was going to ask you before we moved on. When you were when you when you were trying to make the team with Washington, I'm trying to remember was Ken Houston already there, uh, the safety, the great safety. I'm trying to remember he might have still been with the Houston Oilers, but uh, he was from Lufkin also. So we that's how close we came to running into each other there. Uh, yeah. Greg. Uh, yeah. Hey, real quick though, uh, you get that job first first stint at the University of Michigan. Tell this story. You're sitting there. Gary Mueller hires you. Uh, he's he's been. He's been named, (laughs) he's been named as a successor to Bo Schembechler by by Bo Schembechler, which is a good way to get a job, right? Uh, And you're sitting there watching video of a, uh, of a youngster from, uh, I think from the, from the great city of Columbus, Ohio named Marcus Ray. Take us through that little story there. Yeah, I
1: was, I'm sitting in the, in the, in this room, the meeting room and it's all dark and. I'm watching this kid. And I think I think his number was ten. It, I still remember it. I think it was number ten, and he, he was playing linebacker. And God, he making every play on the field and blitzing and everything like that. But I kept looking at get, we can't recruit him here. He's five foot ten. And then all of a sudden, coming from behind me, I hear this voice. And as soon as I heard the voice. I knew, I knew it was Coach Schembecker, and it was like when he talked or when you ran into him when I was that age, I mean, you just went, oh, my God, you know, it's like standard yeah. attention. attention. Yeah. And he goes, uh, Coach, what are you looking at? And I said, Coach, I, I just can't make up my mind on this kid. And I won't use the language he used, but he said to me uh, in so many words, I mean, you're you're not very smart. That kid is going to be a great, strong safety. He's not a linebacker. <laughs> and uh, I went, okay, we're I guess we're going after him. And sure enough, he had an unbelievable career up there and played in the NFL and everything like that. But uh, yeah, he I, I tell you, Bo Shepler story. There's, I give you one. of this is Lloyd Carr was a really really loved golf and was a great coach and, and a super guy. And he and I would golf together well the first year I was there um he was the coordinator and I was the defensive line coach and he says Greg we got to see if we can get on Augusta National (laughs) and I went I said what are you talking about and he goes he's I mean it he goes I mean look at this course and it's right about this time right now you know so I said okay I mean I was one of those young guys that okay coach Schembechler is the is the athletic director I'll go in and ask him he goes what I said I'll go in and ask him come on so he and I walk in and I said uh coach Schembechler you got a second he goes yeah and I said uh you know you're you, everybody knows you you're you you can do almost anything Lloyd and I would love to play Augusta National he goes Get out of here. Are you, are you nuts? And I went just exact words. The second he said that, I said, because I had just come from a I said, no problem, Coach. I'll call R.C. Slocum. I'll bet he'll get us on. <laughs> he goes, get out of here, and you'll be back here tomorrow And at this time. So Lloyd and I are walking down the hall. We're going... I think he's going to get us on there. Sure enough, we come back the next day, and he goes, you're playing at this time, be on time. I don't want to hear any more about it, and I'll get out of here. Wow. So we, we played against the two of us. Wow. And wow. All because of uh, because of Coach Havak. Uh, I can't let you go without asking, what would you shoot? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even keep score, but I had two players. Yeah. There you go, baby. Hey, yeah. you. do you remember where one of them, where either one of them was? Yeah. Amen. Corner. Amen. Corner. The, I think the par three, the par three right on
0: amen. Corner there. Wow. Wow. I've always said this. I've, I've always wanted to play Augusta national. And I've always wanted to play Pebble beach and I want to play them twice. The first time I want to just be able to walk around and enjoy it. And the second time I know where everything is and maybe go for something. But uh it did what did that feel like playing Augusta? Now I've been there, covered the, the 84 Masters. And as I've I've always told people that that place is one of the few places I've walked into where it was actually better than I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Uh but Here's- what would you like to play it?
1: coach well first of all we got in the car we were sitting there we're all so excited and we said well let's get there early we'll go putt and everything like that so yeah. we pull up we pull up to the gate and our tea times an hour from them and the guy looks at us and he goes Get your car out of here. You aren't coming in here until five minutes before we go. And he goes, "You see that?" Uh, he pointed over to this uh, uh, convenience store or something. He says, "Go park over there and wait for an hour to come back in." And we got in there, and then we're playing. And I, I kept the first hole. I can first. I've never played with the caddy. I don't know what a caddy is. I mean, yeah. this guy is, And he's so we're going, and I, I hit a good shot off the tee, And about one hundred and fifty off okay and uh so i'm gonna hit a seven iron and he goes uh the caddy says what do you have there and i said a seven iron and he said no you better hit a six yeah and I, i'm just like an insult and i go well, what are you talking about and he goes well okay i hit the best seven iron you ever hit and i end up going short into the sand yeah so i'm thinking for that 150 yards what did he know so we get up there and i'm we get on the green finally and uh he points the hole is like to the left and he's standing five yards to the right. He says, put right towards me. I'm thinking, if this guy's telling me what I'm supposed to be doing. Are you kidding me? So I don't believe, him, I believe him halfway. So I put halfway there. It ends up halfway away the other side. Of course. So I finally get to the next hole and I'm asking and I said, how did you know this? He says, well, first of all, I've done this a long time. And when I saw you swing in that first hole, I knew exactly what you had to do. And it was hilarious. I mean, from yeah. that time on, I listened to everything he said.
0: I was going to say, man, uh, you know, nobody knows how uphill that first hole is. That's one of the things he yeah. ran into. And then yeah. number two, Every, as, as Jack Nicholas has always said, everything breaks toward Rays Creek. You know what I mean? Yeah, but right. no matter what, it, ultimately, but it, it, oh man, I'm, I'm getting uh, chills thinking about uh, you getting to do that. Cause that's what, what, what an experience. Hey yeah. coach, you coached and I'm, I wrote down the numbers here, 13, yeah, 13 different employers as a head coach. I mean, and you, you know, like, I, like we pointed out, uh, you know, you coached at Michigan twice, for example, uh, you're one of the, I don't know how many people ever coached for all three of the Harbaugh's in head coaching, but I think you did, right? Yeah. Uh, Jack, the father, who, by the way, I used to love to interview at Mid-American Conference Media Days. I liked him a lot. Uh, yeah. Jim, of Great course, in Michigan. And then John Harbaugh, you know, with the Ravens and stuff. But uh, uh, what is that one place – take Ohio State out of the equation. What is that one place where you, you really just – not necessarily who you worked for, or the teams you had and stuff, but you really liked getting up and going to work every day from the standpoint of the ambiance, where you were. I can't believe it was College Station. I may be wrong. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you worked at Notre Dame, uh, Northwestern, and like I said, in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. What's that one place you enjoyed getting up and going to work every day that wasn't Columbus, Ohio? Well, yeah, I, the one thing, you're right. I have been
1: the luckiest, most fortunate person in the world because the places I've been able to coach at and to stay as long as I've wanted to stay um, has been unbelievable. And yeah. like I said earlier, the, the every head coach that I've worked with, I would say, is as good as there is. And and the assistants that I had the opportunity to work with were tremendous. And when you say where was the place, I mean, I guess in one, maybe one, they're all great. But one that was selfish for me was Notre Dame because my daughter was playing softball yeah. on a softball scholarship there at the same time. And, and I always remember in spring practice, they'd be playing softball while we'd be practicing. And their field was right next to our practice field. And every time they would say, and batting number 25, Lisa Madison, my guys like Justin Tuck is one of the best players I've ever had the opportunity to coach. He finally one day said, coach, just walk over and watch her. We're fine. And I went, "I can't do that. And he goes, coach, go watch her, oh, wow. you know, but I mean, I could hear it over the loudspeaker when she would get a hit yeah. and, uh, so I, that made that special you know it made us better and, and you know you talk all the time about um having having the opportunity for your players to be family my players there took care of my daughter they watched over her yeah they knew you know and they would say coach she's fine we're doing good you know that kind of thing and it was so I guess I guess that that maybe was one that was special you yeah. know getting up in the morning and that
0: but they're all great, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, how much is you look back now, and I don't want to bring you know remorse or tears to your eyes or anything, but how much would you have liked to have been involved with your son when he was in college? Or it just you know what I mean? I mean, uh, how much true, true story, true story now?
1: Uh, we were at Notre Dame, we offered him, he came home. I said, Son, he had a lot of number, number of other offers. I said, Son. Uh, where do you want to go? He said, Dad, I want to play for you. I said, not an option. And he goes, he, he is teer, he teared up and he looked at me. He goes, well, what are you talking about? I, I've been running with Justin Tuck for four years, three years. I've been doing this, this. I said, it's not fair for you. It's, I just don't see it being fair that you, you have to be the disciplined guy in that locker room because you're my son. And I, I think I've always believed young men. Now, daughters, I want you right there next to me. Where young men, I think, is best that they go off on their own. Well, so sure enough, two years later or three years later, we're playing in a bowl game, and I'm at Florida. And we've got a. it's, it's the year before or year after the national championship. But we're playing Iowa in uh, – <laughs> So Brian and I would get together, my son would get together during any free time and promised we would never talk football. We would never talk football. We're just going to hang out, watch TV, do whatever. So we get to the game, and uh, we're at Florida. We take a pretty good lead, and all of a sudden they come back. Well, he has two sacks in the game, and every time he gets a sack, he points over to me, and my players are going – Coach, how could you let this guy not come with you? You know, and yeah. so, you know, it, th- that, I mean, that, that was it. But I, I still, he absolutely loves Iowa. I mean, and the only thing, I'll tell you one thing I'm proud of him for. He loves Ohio State when it's not Iowa. Yeah. That's his yeah. second favorite, man. I tell you, he just, he was the biggest backer. And he knew Ryan, he, Mickey trained him. Mickey Marotti trained him wow. when he was a young kid. And, uh, you know, so it's been special that way.
0: I was going to say, hey, let's touch on a few more things. and I'll let you get out of here. Uh, And I really appreciate you coming on the Tim May podcast, my man. Uh, Aptly named podcast. Don't you think the Tim May podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You coached high school, college and in the NFL and stuff. Very few people do that anymore, you know. Take that path anymore? They most, you know, most of your college coaches. If you look on their resume, started as a GA somewhere in college. Pretty much stay in college most of their career. Maybe aspire to the NFL. Uh, what what are they missing when they don't hit every rung on the ladder?
1: You know, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, uh, I would tell every young man he should coach in high school. I just, uh, and even more so today with the COVID and all the different things that they have to do, and I, I just believe that uh, you learn how to teach and coach them. You really do. And and uh, when you go to college as a GA, you kind of you kind of get spoiled. You yeah. kind of miss the kind of miss the the line in the, the line in the field. You you kind of miss, like I said, telling the guy, I'll bail hay for you if you let your son play football. Yeah. You know, those those days I don't think everybody gets. And, you know, and then you have to learn it in college. But I I think that that's a big
0: part. The NFL, was it like, like I've talked to Kerry Combs about it, you know, and we've talked to I've talked to other guys who've coached at that level. Was it like more like managing more than it was, you know, obviously y'all draft guys because they have great. You know, skills and our techniques and stuff. But what was the biggest difference between coaching the in the NFL and then coming back to college and coaching? What was it? What was that adjustment you had to make coaching the NFL and then the readjustment coming back?
1: Well, it's a business. It's a business all the way. And I'll never forget the very first uh, when I first got there. Uh, we've always, my wife and I, uh, and, and and again, I'm going to go back again and say this. Uh, another part of it is one of one of the reasons I've had such a great opportunity and had success is been my wife. I mean, you, I'm going to tell you what now, I don't know how anybody can do it. I don't know. And she, especially because she's been such a big part of, I mean, the players call her mom. Well, we got to the NFL. I vowed it would not change. I said, I am not changing now. Ann and I are together in this whole thing. Well, one of the first nights when we were there, we had, the, we had the, a bunch of the linebackers over to the house. So we had a meal, and they're like, this is weird. A coach bringing guys over in the NFL for a meal? It was all great. We're leaving, and we get to the door, and Ray Lewis is the last guy at the door. And he goes, Coach, he said, you're going to do really well here. He goes, uh, this is really neat. But I, he said, you're going to do really well here. But he said, understand something. You're going to end up cutting me also. Wow. And I went, Oh, I thought right there. I don't know if I want to do this. And then after our first year there, our first year there, we were number two or number three in the NFL and defense and had almost everybody back and loved them. Well, all of a sudden, the general manager comes in my office and I had all the names of the guys on the board and he points to two starters and he says, these two guys you won't have. I said, well, what do you mean? I won't have. And he said, well, do you want to get rid of Ray Lewis instead? And I said, no. And he said, well, it's about money. Their contract is up. They're going to be making this amount of money. And then I knew right then I just said, this is a business and it's all great. It's a business but I'm more for having Justin Hilliard call and say coach I am so excited about pro day and don't worry coach I'm not going to let you down you're going to see that kind of thing yeah you don't get that in the NFL
0: wow the collegiality of it you know the interesting thing, I had a player, former player, Obi Steelwell. He he wasn't a player of great repute at Ohio State, but, you know, it was a walk-on. It did, you know, did some things. But he, he made a great statement to me one time. He goes, football is, is pretty much the only – almost the only sport where somebody says, you're done. You know, yeah. your career is over 99 times out of 100. Because you don't just walk around and get up a pickup football game on the corner, you know, when you're – 35 years old and stuff, and right. and you're right. But the great thing the great thing about college is it's built in that guys are going to keep coming on the conveyor belt, you know, one way or the other. The bad thing is you see great guys leave. That's what I'm to ask you real quick. Those guys, all four of those linebackers we're talking about, Pete Werner, uh, Tuff Borland, Baron Browning, and uh, Justin Hilliard, you know, who almost gave up football a couple of years ago, and then all of a sudden, boom, now he's back on the radar. Uh, just what do you expect from them on that pro day, uh, which is coming up on, on this Tuesday at Ohio State? Well, I I don't
1: I don't have any idea on times I don't have any idea they're going to do really really well cuz yeah. they I know for a fact they have prepared. But again I'm going to say it again and I've got a number of people that are in the NFL that I've talked to. I'll put everything I have on all four of them wow. that when you come into your locker room and you see one of those four guys in that locker room you're going to smile and you're going to say okay I got a real guy here. Yeah. And that's Ohio State. Again, that's Mickey that that's, that that's Ryan Day. That is the program. And those four guys show you what that's all about.
0: Hey, Coach Madison, you've, you've named this guy's name 100 times almost, I think, in this. And I want to ask you what makes – you can keep it short if you want, succinct, but what makes Mickey Marathi the difference maker, what is it about him, his method, whatever you want to call it, uh, that makes him, number one, so valuable to the programs he's been in, you know, Florida and Ohio State, for example. But uh, what is it that just jumps out at you about him more than anything else if you had to sum him up to someone?
1: Yeah, it's – it's obviously his love and his belief in the program. I mean, he could have gone, he could go any school he wanted to, any pro pro football program he wanted to. In fact, I think Urban tried to get him right away. I mean, you know, his whole thing is to make Ohio State the best it can be. And, you know, it's funny because I was with him at Notre Dame. I was with him at Florida. And one of the big reasons I came in – He hasn't changed one bit, maybe other than getting better if you can, but those kids, they come in that room. You just see, it's a joke. I mean, I see him coming as freshmen and then I haven't been with them for four years, but I just can't wait to see what a kid looks like after four years. You're going to go, that's not the same kid, Yeah. but it's just, and everybody knows all the players know Mickey is for them. Yeah. Not for Mickey.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I said, you coached you coached under all three hardballs. Uh you're retired now. Which which was the what was the best head coach you ever worked for that was named Harbaugh? <laughs> they're
1: all good. Not saying anything. They're all Not good. Say oh, no. They're all good. But you agree with me. Jack was a heck of a guy, wasn't he? Oh, he's tremendous. Oh, yeah. Tremendous.
0: Yeah. I mean, Josh won the Super Bowl and uh he beat what I think he beat his brother doing it. So uh, that just tells you the heights they've been. Uh, finally, um Ryan Day. Uh, well, I want to ask you this real quick. Your biggest highlight as a coach, was it winning that national championship in 06? What, what, where would you, uh, you know, just as a coach in your career that that spanned, you know, just, I mean, just not just high school, college pros, you know, you coached in the Ivy League, you coached uh, a service academy, you coached in the Big Ten, uh, you know, right across the board, across the nation. Uh, there's what I'm trying to remember was, uh, Big Eight or Big Twelve, right? Uh, when you were at A and M, or were they still in the Southwest Conference? Big Southwest, 12. yeah, Southwest, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we pounded,
1: we pounded Brigham Young with that quarterback. We yeah. beat him, and they showed his mom up in the stands in that game. I'll never forget that. You know, yeah. what was his name? What was it? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember too, man. But I, I remembered uh, like what happened five minutes ago. But uh, and we yeah. had we had Bucky, we had Bucky Richardson yeah. as our quarterback, and he yeah. just but. Um, I, yeah, I would say the national championship. You know, uh, and I, I tease everybody. Uh, there are three places that the year I left, the next year the team won the national championship. So I'm saying that Ohio State wins it this year.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I
1: left with I left the team up north to go to Notre Dame. They won the championship the next year, 97. I left yeah. Flor. I left Florida. Are you still there. Yes. Okay, I think it, it just clicked off. Yeah. Uh, Okay, but I left Florida the next year. They won it, and uh, I believe the Ravens won it uh, the year after or two years after I left also. So I'm saying Ohio State wins it this year.
0: Wow. Last thing, Ryan Day. What makes him different? Well, Why is he special? What tells you he can do great things?
1: Well, as I mentioned before, I think there's, there's a number of things, but I think one of the biggest things is character, I mean, his his belief in the team, you know, again, it goes back to what I mentioned about Mickey. Ryan Day's not the guy. He could go anywhere. Ryan Day is not that younger coach. He's not young, but that younger coach is looking for something better. Yeah. He wants to be the best that's ever been here. He, the other thing that makes him special is the players are most important. Yeah. And he is going to always make sure the players come first, but they're going to do it right. It's going to be character. It's going to be doing the things you're supposed to do right. But then it's going to be, we're going to make sure they have everything they have to have. What he went through this year and what he did this year with the COVID people will never, ever, ever understand. Cause half of that team could have left and gone, and played pro football. And as they stayed, I really believe, cause they believed in him and believed what he was saying.
0: Wow. Wow. What a year though, coach. I mean, you, you live through it. Uh, it, you know, like I was talking with Josh Myers a few weeks ago on my podcast, and it's like when it was going on, you're going, man, where will this ever end? You know, and then suddenly it was in your rearview mirror. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just what did you learn about yourself and about your profession from just that from just that season of going through the challenges y'all had for COVID? Just the dedication it took at all levels, not just players, not just coaches, but support guys, medical guys, trainers. And so what did you did does it just just tell you there's special people out there. I mean, but what, what, what is it, what would you, what do you leave that most with, uh, you know, from a thought standpoint?
1: Well, you, you said it earlier. I mean, first of all, it starts with doc, doc is unbelievable. The job he did and the trainers unbelievable, you know, uh, but again, it goes back to the Ohio state program, the program from the very bottom to to every phase for how Mickey had to change his strength training, but still got it done. How Mickey would take four guys in a room or outside and train them and then get the next four. Um, You know, how, how we would have uh, podcasts or we would have individual meetings with our kids and they couldn't come to meetings, but we still met with them. All those things show you how good that program is. A lot of programs couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of programs use COVID as an excuse. Yeah. You know, well, there's no excuse. You know, the bottom line, it, 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 it's it's something I think years down the road, you're going to have people talk about Ryan Day and the program on how they did this.
0: Yeah, I think. all you co- Yeah, I think all you coaches are going to be perpetually cross-eyed, too, from looking into that uh, Zoom Zoom camera all those days. Yeah.
1: Right. The other guy they don't ever talk about, I haven't said a word about. The other guy, it all starts at the very, very top. I mean, Gene Smith is just yes. good. He's the best there is. Yeah. I mean, he's the best there is. You yeah. know, and he, he, he backing everything and being there because you, you, got, you can't have somebody not backing you. Yeah. And uh, it was tremendous.
0: Yeah. He helped y'all find, as I like to say, I even told him, he helped y'all find a way. You know what I mean? Whenever yeah. the roadblocks kept getting thrown up, he helped y'all find that way. Hey, I know, I promise this is the last thing. You've been on the yeah. pro level. How is Urban going to be as a pro football coach? Obviously. Well, why do you say that? why do you say that?
1: Cuz he's a great football coach. Cuz he's a great football coach and Urban will, will first of all surround himself with other good coaches and then he will demand that they work to the level that he's expecting of them. Yeah. And I have no doubt Urban will be a great pro coach.
0: He tried to, I think he tried to hire you when he got the job at Ohio State. I mean, I mean you know, you can correct me, but you had just gone to Michigan in 2011. Yeah. I think you had, you know, I think you were one of the highest paid uh, coaches maybe in the country, but less, definitely in the Big Ten assistant coach and stuff. But how, uh, was that a tough decision for you or did you did you just feel some loyalty there you had to follow through on? I you know, think it worked for that. Brady Hoke,
1: yeah. Yeah. And Brady, Brady was like a brother to me. Yeah. I mean, Brady, Brady was like a brother. And and there was some things with my, my granddaughter that were going on that she was just born or being born and all that kind of thing. And I, so, no, it was not a, it wouldn't, but urban, you know, I mean, he's one of the best I've ever worked
0: with. Why, why are you a Buckeye for life now? And uh, I'll let you go. Why are you a Buckeye for life? What is it just that you found out once you worked here and at, at, at worked here, not in my, my, in my room, but worked in Columbus. Worked at Ohio State. What is it that just is special more than anything else that makes you feel that way inside? Well, I, like I mentioned
1: before, the people and then the community. I never knew that the community is like this. And then I'm going to say it again the medical part of this, what they did for me in the last two months. I mean, I'd come out of whatever happened and I'd say to my wife, this place is unbelievable. Now I'm not saying that wouldn't happen somewhere else, but it happened here. Yeah. And therefore it happened here. And therefore that Buckeye flag will always be on
0: the top of my pole. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Greg Madison. Uh, No, I can't think of anyone who's had the career you had as a head coach and then assistant coach working all the way up through the ranks, every level, almost of major college football, even forget about levels of football. And uh, Greg, thank you for joining the Tim May podcast, my man. Tim. Thanks
1: buddy. And, uh, uh, and remember now I'm older than you. Yeah. remind, I'm older. I, my pickup truck is getting fixed.
0: I got you. I got to get my pickup truck fixed too, by the way. I got to get it in the shop. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? But uh, but like you just pointed out, I should have been calling you Mr. Madison the whole time and I didn't do it. But uh, no, no, Greg,
1: Thank you appreciate never. it, my man. All right, buddy.
0: Totally enjoyed that conversation. I think you can tell. I mean, we could have gone on for another couple of hours and I know I talk too much. I digress. I go down rabbit holes, but uh, Greg Madison is one of the great, He's one of the great human beings I've met, much less a football coach. I just wish I could have been, you know, around him more uh, from an association standpoint while he was at Ohio State. May it, man, making that big leap that he did from Michigan to, to Ohio State, uh, really at the height of when this uh, this rivalry, I think, is really from the standpoint uh, of intensity – really ratcheted it up when you consider the desperation that's going on with the team up north right now and uh, the success Ohio State has enjoyed under Jim Trestle, um, Urban Meyer, and now Ryan Day in that, in that game. To make that leap was huge, along with Al Washington, Jr., who remains as Ohio State's linebackers coach. But, you know, the, the, the three things I took away from that uh, uh, in a summation was that, uh, number one, You know, he pointed out, now, he was part of a national championship team at Florida in 2006 with Urban Meyer when they beat Ohio State, but as he pointed out, he's left three places, and the next year they've won national championships, and he was pretty emphatic about predicting that Ohio State is going to win the national, the 2021 national championship. We'll see if that plays out, and uh, uh, he also predicts that Urban Meyer, with whom he coached, and almost came back and coached with at Ohio State, but he he had made a, a commitment to Michigan at that point in 2012 uh, he thinks he's going to be quote great end quote as an NFL head coach and uh, this is a man who's not only coached at that level but coached with Urban Meyer so we'll see how that goes but the main thing that stood out with me uh, was just the way Greg Madison embraced Ohio State and you know is he says he's a Buckeye for life now. He's gonna he's gonna fly that huge Ohio State flag at the top of his mast uh, forever now, and uh, at his retirement spot, and uh, just the way uh, he helped Ohio State uh, kind of like get things straightened out defensively in 2019, and then uh, and then also the way Ohio State helped straighten him out physically the doctors, the medical staff, the training staff at Ohio State when he needed, uh, as he called about his pickup truck, needed a few tune-ups, maybe a little bit of a time under the hood. And he got it, uh, he got quality time under the hood from Ohio State personnel. And he will remember that for the rest of his life. And I feel great for a man who finally, you know, at 71 years old, yeah, that's a little later than most people retire. Heck, I retired at 65, but I digress. I'm still kind of doing some things. But he understands there's more to life Uh, finally, in the end, than just what you're doing, uh, devoting some time to his wife, his patient wife. You know, imagine uh, they moved, I think, 14 times during his coaching career. That's crazy. Uh, But uh, and then his grandkids. Who doesn't enjoy playing with their grandkids? I know I do. But uh, I truly appreciate Greg Madison joining the Tim May podcast. And we're going to have another special podcast later in this week uh, because I'm going to bring back in my my co-pilot, my usual co-pilot. I flew this F-16, single-seater F-16 on this on this whole trip myself. We're going to bring back in maybe uh, an F-111 or something where it takes two guys. it would be me and awesome. You know him as Austin Ward. We're going to break down some things that are going on with Ohio State in spring football. Also, we're going to break down some things that went on during the uh, pro day, which was Tuesday of this week, and where some Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, former Ohio State players, stand Headed toward the draft next month. Uh, but until then, I really appreciate you folks uh, tuning into the Tim May podcast. We'll see you later.